Hey friends, it's Eric here. Thanks for listening to the Building Us podcast. Hey, I want to invite you to follow me on my new show, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School, where I take a deeper dive into money and financial topics. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School. I hope to see you there. Hey listeners, this is Dr. Matt Morris, and each week my co-host and certified financial planner, Eric Garcia, ends our show with the encouragement to invest in your relationships. But how do you do that? How do you invest in something that is so ethereal as relationships? Well, it's actually really simple. And this simple series provides you with simple everyday practical tactical strategies for investing in your relationship and building us. We believe these strategies are guaranteed deposits in your emotional bank account. This is simple from building us. Hey Eric. So we've been, we've been, we've been doing this series for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're making progress. Hopefully everybody's trying out some new simple things and I got a good one for you today. Do you know, you know, you know, you know, in the introduction there, you could have used a simpler word other than ethereal. That I could have. You're right. You're right. Sometimes bigger words are not always better. Sometimes simple is better. I went with ethereal. That's good. You complicated it for me, but that's all right. Today's topic is less esoteric and and ethereal. Yeah. It's something I know that you actually really love and enjoy. What is it? It is cooking a meal. Ooh, I like cooking a meal. Yeah. Do you know why I like yeah. cooking meals? I don't. I mean, I, like, I, I can take a stab at it, but why, why do you like cooking meals? Because I like eating. Yes. Eating good food. Yeah, that, that I control. It's fun. I, I have uh, been able to partake of many good meals around your table. And at your family's table, your fam- you come from a family of people who cook meals. Mm-hmm. That's right. What, yeah. I'm curious, what, um, what's your favorite meal that I've cooked? Mm. Well, uh, our listeners probably don't know this, but you have for many years done a annual pig roast. It's been a while. And- annual. It's kind of been like every multiple years now. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, but when you did, when you were doing the pig roast mm-hmm. annually or more regularly, yeah, uh, it was just a huge gathering of people, friends that, you know, sometimes you didn't see them for, for most of the year, but you, you could, you know, con- reconnect at your, at your place. And there was the, the pig, which was the pork, which was really well cooked. And there were all the sides that, um, uh, your family awesome. makes that are really good and, and wonderful, you know, um, plantains, all, all of that kind of stuff. Yucca. And it's gathering beans. together. Mm. There's sides, okay. there's sauces, there's oh, all of that good stuff. So that yeah. I would say, I, I, I think cooking a meal is wonderful, but not just because of the food. I think it's being together that's part of it and the whole experience of dining together. Yeah. You, you probably know that I have a group of friends that I go out to eat with. Uh, mm-hmm. Once a month, we've been doing this for more than a decade. There are many times when I think that was an amazing meal, but I don't actually remember the food. 
I just remember being together and the atmosphere of being together yeah. and the conversation around the table. And the food was wonderful, definitely. I remember the food if it's not good, but the food becomes part of the experience. I think so like cooking food, a meal. Yeah, I think food yeah. is is almost like the universal language. Like if you want to bring people together, cook good food. I think like enemies yeah. could come could come together over good food. In fact, there was a um oh man, I think it was called Crossing Borders. And it was a journalist and a chef. And they went to countries where there was a history of tension, like Northern Ireland and Ireland. And they brought these, you know, Palestine um and Israel. And they bought brought these two you know enemies, quote unquote, over a meal and they discussed their differences. And it was a fascinating um, it was a fascinating show. I think they did like Kashmir in India. Wow. But food, it was, it was all centered around food. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, I, yeah, I think about food both very practically, like we need to eat, we get hungry, we need nourishment, we need good food, we need healthy food. But I also think about it more philosophically that it's something again, that we've always done that humanity has always done. It's, it's eat, eat together. Um, eat in groups, cook something. I mean, figuring out that you can roast something and it tastes differently, that that's fascinating. And just making a whole meal yeah. together, taking different parts, assembling them into a beautiful creation. I, I grew up in a, in a house that cooked and my mom was not only an excellent cook, but she was a diverse cook. She cooked all kinds of different foods and she really enjoyed making her table beautiful. And so the whole dining experience was the plate was pretty, the food was pretty, it tasted really good, and then we would sit down together and, and visit and talk. And so I've really tried to replicate that in my own family and life, that we can cook. It's, it really is an expression of our creativity. What do I want to assemble? How, how do I want to assemble these ingredients? I, can I make this taste really good so that people around me want to eat it? Hmm. And then gathering gathering together as a way to like pause the day, pause all the stuff that you've been doing, all the stuff you've been thinking about, worrying about, and just sit down together and and eat. And eat. You know, one of the things I enjoy about cooking, I, I joked, I, 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 it's kind of a joke, but I like to cook because I like to eat. I think most people in general like to eat and you don't have to cook to be able to eat. One of the things I really enjoy about cooking is when I cook something that's good and other people like it. Like for me, I think that's just kind of like yeah. my background. It's like cooking. It's like doing something for somebody. That was my grandfather. My grandfather was always cooking. Uh, he passed away when I was in sixth grade and I never really liked his food. I look back and I think like, oh man, like he would cook like all these fantastic traditional Cuban meals. And at that time, I just didn't enjoy it. Um, and I regret that. But he did know that since I didn't, eat some of the some of the, the stuff that he cooked he would um he would fry me these crinkle cut french fries and it was absolutely mm. delicious and it's just a memory i have like he, when we were there and he was he was the type of of servant where he was always he wanted to feed you that's what he did if you were there he wanted to feed you my grandma just always wanted to feed you even to the to you know she passed away four-ish years ago and if you were coming and she knew you liked a certain type of food she wanted to have it in the house yeah, so food, food in a lot of ways is love. Food is love. And being able to cook a meal and share it with each other is very loving. Um, you, you, 
mentioned you're not eating your grandfather's food. One benefit of eating together as a family with young kids is that the kids eventually develop a more diverse palate typically. And so today you eat the food that your grandfather was cooking back then, even though you didn't eat it then you eat it now. And that's kind of one of these, one of the, you know, side benefits of cooking and eating together as a family is that we all eat more diversely and, and eat better foods over time. But I want to go back to this concept of, of nourishment. You're, you're talking about mm-hmm. your family wanting to love on, on uh, the family members and other guests by providing a nourishing meal. Um, I know that also part of your family story is that you needed to cook. You have a child who needed a particular diet, and it was really important to cook healthy, safe foods for him. And so in that way, cooking a meal was safe for your family. It was safety. It was it was security. It was sanctuary. It was salvation in a lot of ways for your family. Yeah. We had to learn a lot about food really quick, not just how to cook food. You, like when you don't have to think necessarily about not so much the ingredients, but like the things behind some of the ingredients, the things mm-hmm. that, that are mm-hmm. contained, the factories where some of your ingredients are made. You don't have to think about all that stuff. Yeah. Then, then our son was born and um, we, we figured out somewhere around like, I don't know, four months old that he had a severe food allergy. So then we had to become really conscious of the ingredients that we use, the sauces that we use. So then everything you start to make from scratch and um, you just start to, yeah. to, to connect more to, that's what it's one of the things I enjoy about cooking from scratch is, you know, you get to kind of connect to your ingredients. You know what's actually in what you're eating. You're not guessing. Right. That's fun for me. You, yeah. And in that way, it is very loving. I mean, you're protecting your, your kid in providing this meal, in cooking from scratch, in knowing what the ingredients are. And then, Eric, there's all the sitting down together at the table. There's, you know, I, I hope we're not cooking a meal and then everybody's making a plate and going to their room. But I hope that there's also sitting down together, gathering around the table, breaking of bread together. Uh, and and experiencing fellowship where you sit down over a meal, you feel nourished, you feel the warmth of the food, and you talk about what's going on in your thoughts, in your day, in your life. And that's often where families really connect, particularly if they will turn off the TV or put down the phones and just talk to each other, visit. Now, practically, you're a family therapist. You know, obviously yep. we know, I mean, there's all kinds of studies that say families that you know, share a meal together or stronger, they're more connected, like practically in our society, in our culture. I know thanks to COVID, we've, we've been forced to slow down and, and maybe there's been more of this, but you know what happens when we get back to normal life and like we're running kids to practices and to schools and we're stuck in traffic and how do we, how do we do this? How do we simply cook a meal? Well, I think first, prioritize it as a family. If this is a priority for you, that we are going to eat meals together, then you can structure your day in life so that it happens. And that may mean saying no to some things so that you can be together at dinner time. It really does mean prioritize it. If we really want to do this, it will fit into the day. Families who eat together also play sports. Their kids also go to after school activities. They're also in traffic and yet they still figure out a way to fit it in 
Um, if it's not happening, uh, plan that. Let's talk about that. Let's figure out what are the barriers to making it happen. Um, there's all kinds of like cook, you know, um, ways to assist meal prep and meal planning in the home now. And so this can get easier. Um, but I think that the families that make it happen, just prioritize it and then build it into their day. It also doesn't have to happen every day. Um, we don't need, you know, 365 days of the year we're eating together as a family. But um, if it's not happening every day, at least once a day, let's make it happen. Let's see if we can make it happen a few times a week. Oh, Fridays, Friday nights, a night that we eat mm-hmm. together or Sunday afternoon is a day that we eat together. Or, you know, Monday yeah. night even is like, pour yourself a bowl of cereal. Let's sit around the table and enjoy our bowl of cereal together. That's okay. It doesn't have to be super complex. So cooking could also cooking be preparing. You know, not just cooking, but it could be preparing in, in kind of what you're talking about here. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think that there is a joy in cooking. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a joy in making a meal out of ingredients that don't, you know, these, like I think about onion, for instance, you know, onion is something that I use all the time in cooking. But when I first cut an onion, it's, it's kind of angry. It, it <laughs> yells at me. It's, it like burns my eyes. You're getting so ethereal on us. <laughs> but if I cut the onion and, and then I take that onion and place it into a pan with a little bit of oil and a little bit of heat and I start stirring it around, that onion softens. It's not so angry anymore. It gets oftentimes sweet. You're getting, you're getting real therapy-ish on me. Yeah. So, you know, so been... there is a, there, but there is a joy in taking ingredients that are one form and making them into a meal that's a different form and then sharing that with people you love. Yeah. And I think one of the keys to cooking is like, just cook something that tastes good to you. Right. That's a good place to start. If you like it, someone else yeah. is bound to like it. Like there's no like, yeah, there's science to cooking. And I mean, just cause you can't match with like Emerald or someone else, like just cook something. One thing that's been fun in my household during COVID is my son has, um, developed this, uh, um, I don't know, this love for fried rice. So yeah. we always have leftover rice. That's been, that's been a hit. That's been a hit in our house too. Fried rice. Last year. This is yeah. an easy place to start. You know, he gets, he takes some, some leftover rice, some leftover, some type of meat. We had crawfish a couple weeks ago. So we had some crawfish tails and, you know, um, when our peppers were growing, he'd walk out to the garden and, and pick a cayenne pepper, chop it up, throw it in the rice, you know, the egg, we've got the chickens now. So he'll go grab an egg. And he's just been making these yeah. different varieties of fried rice. And every now and then he's like, oh, you got to try this one. This one's really, this is the best. Oh, this is really good. You know, I use habaneros in this yeah. one. Right. And that's fun. That's that's like relationship building. It's staying connected. Yeah. Like a legacy. And in, in terms of cooking with kids, um, if you allow your kids to cook, um, it is a little bit messy at first. It is a little bit, you know, there are some, there are some things to be aware of in terms of safety. But if you'll let your kids join you in the cooking process, they they really enjoy it, and they'll often eat what they cook much easier. I have a kid who's kind of picky and has learned that he can make chicken fajitas. Uh, <laughs> it's a multi-step meal. That's all he can make right now is chicken fajitas. Uh, well, he can make some other things. If he, if he hears this, you can make some other things. But chicken fajitas is his go-to meal right now, yeah. And, yeah. and he can make it and eat it himself. It's really interesting. 
my daughter um, has like, she hates doing it, but she's like the best at baking cookies in the household. Mm. They're just delicious. But my goodness, does she make a mess. There is flour yeah. everywhere and it just drives right. me nuts. But they're good cookies. So it is messy. Cooking is messy. I mean, you cooking is part of the, the process and the larger step or the larger process. Cleaning up is part of the process also. We do all of that as a family. And I think it is a really simple, beautiful, delicious way to invest in your relationships. Dr. Matt Morris maintains an active private practice for couples and families in the greater New Orleans area. To learn more about his work, visit drmattmorris.com. Eric Garcia can be found online at plan-wisely.com. His branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance services offered through Garcia Financial Group, LLC. Entities listed are not affiliated. 